On this week's Back of the Grid, we are going to be talking about Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen and their teammate history. And we are going to put to bed once and for all the debate about who had better teammates. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another edition of Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu, and I'm joined this week by American Chris. Hello, international edition Back of the Grid. Yeah, global Back of the Grid. Um, Do subscribe if you're new. Do leave us a comment. Um, This episode is going to be all about Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen and who has had the better teammates over the year. Only, we are not going to tell you we're just going to give you the facts. We're just going to give you the stone cold statistics. It's up to you guys to extend this debate in the comments <laughs> and in messages to us. And we will read out your comments in the next episode. Because this is a debate that I find, I actually find this really interesting because it's a really, really difficult one to decipher. Yeah. Um, obviously, Lewis has had, what, how many years in Formula One now? He started in 2007. Yeah, um, and we're all the way up to 2023. So, six. Mm. This is 16th season, I think. 16th season. Wow, um, that makes me feel so, old. Yeah. It does me too. Um, <laughs> because we are old, Chris. We are. That's old. probably why. Yeah. Um. So the way I'm going to do this is there, there were one or two other statistics I'd like to have gathered, but just there, there hasn't been time where obviously we've got one person, we've got two people actually in, in the States on this podcast and I'm still in sunny London. Um, but we have managed to gather some of the more crucial facts and statistics to, to guide us in coming to maybe helping you guys come to conclusions about who has had the better teammates over their Formula One career. But to to kick into this, um, Verstappen's had 10 wins in a row. Hamilton's best is five wins in a row. Multiple times Hamilton's done that. Um, But the argument that stronger... There's a religion argument that stronger teammates have prevented Hamilton from winning more races. Um, Hamilton is quoted as saying, when I qualified half a second, six tenths ahead of Valtteri, they didn't say the same thing as, as, as they say today, when Max qualifies six tenths ahead of Perez, it's blown up much more, which actually I, you know, in 2023, like social media and the way Formula One do their social media and stoke the fire, I guess, has blown up a lot more. I think, I think that's, that's, that's fair to say. I think that maybe says as much about the media landscape around F1 back when Hamilton was doing that as it does anything else. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Hamilton also says, in in his personal opinion, Valtteri and all of his teammates have been stronger than the teammates that Max has had. Jensen, Fernando, George, Valtteri, Nico. He's had so many. These guys have all been very, very strong, very consistent, and Max has not raced against anyone like that, which, again, I think is pretty fair. Like, you know, Fernando Alonso <laughs> was a pretty pretty big name up there straight away. Um Jensen Button was you know, was amazing. Jensen Button actually was the only team one one of the only uh of, of Hamilton's many teammates over the years. Button was for a long time one of the only ones who'd uh, who'd managed to beat Hamilton. Yeah. Head to head. Interesting um, that there's one name that he missed out of that list, which I guess we'll get to when we run through the stats, but uh 
there's there's one teammate emission from the list Hamilton put together there. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, you know, I I, I do think there is a, a certain validity to what he's saying. I would say most of those he mentions in that list, in my own opinion, maybe. They're big would names. Beat, yeah, they're big names, and they would probably beat any of the teammates on the other side of the argument. I would say. Um, so onto some Verstappen, a Verstappen quote. Um, Verstappen says this kind of statement. Possibly he thinks he's gaining something from it, but I don't care. I think it's a very difficult. I think it's very difficult for Mercedes to deal with defeats after all these years of winning so much. Maybe he's a little jealous of my current success. Um, fiery as always. Yeah, very Verstappen, Verstappen. quote. Um, and I do think so. Uh, Toto Wolf like stuck his oar in here a little bit as well, sort of saying mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this ten in a row is just meaningless statistics or whatever," which did come across a little bit sour grapes from Toto. I thought, like, I'm sure if it was Hamilton winning ten in a row, he'd be singing his praises to anyone who would listen to him. So that did, yeah. It's uh, yeah. you can understand it, especially after Mercedes got so used to winning so many, and now they're just not. But it, it was a bit sour grapesy from him. I thought. Yeah, but I th- it doesn't really surprise me. I think the level of salt between those two teams is so high that it's it's literally you know, yeah, you could you could put it on your stake. Um, <laughs> so let's look at some statistics. Um, we'll we'll go through. What we'll do is we'll go through um, each each driver, Hamilton and and Verstappen, and we'll just go through the list of their teammates and the relevant statistics for for this. Um, for this debate and again if you're listening and you don't agree with any of it or or you think we're looking at the wrong statistics or whatever do let us know in the comments um and we you know it's a i think it's a debate that isn't necessarily going to end anytime <laughs> soon because i think that hamilton's got a bit of a career left in him and verstappen obviously has a few years left on his contract as well so uh, we maybe it'll be something that we come back to in the near or the distant future so um, Hamilton's first teammate, Fernando Alonso, two World Drivers' Championships. That's before he becomes Hamilton's teammate. He's already got two World Dri- Drivers' Championships. So Hamilton's already in kind of like in the frying pan a little bit here. <laughs> um, over his career, Alonso has had 32 race wins. Um, and in his head to head for his one year with Hamilton, he lost against Hamilton. Yeah, it was it was only on count back to if I remember rightly they had same points, same wins, and Hamilton had got more second places, so it was as good as makes no difference a draw between them. And that season was like one of the all time fiery seasons as well. Wasn't one of the it? wildest seasons, season, yeah, ab- absolutely wild. Definitely one for um, newer listeners to go back and uh, watch through the highlights of. Yeah, that was the rivalry between. Um, Hamilton Alonso rivalry was was absolutely fiery, but the, then there was also the the Ferrari were right in the mix all season, yeah. and it was Raikkonen, I believe, who won that world championship. Nicked and, it at the last race, yeah, yeah, literally at the very last race, just pinched it. Um, so yeah, um, there you go. That's the first one. Thirty two race wins, two world drivers championships. It's pretty pretty strong. Uh, I mean, it's the biggest team. name on the list. And it's the first one on there, isn't it, really? Like, I don't yeah. think any of Hamilton or Verstappen's teammates have been up to that standard. No, I think, yeah, I, I think of all the teammates on this list, I think that is by far the, the strongest teammate 
Um, I don't think any of us really quite get close to, to Alonso. And, you know, the other thing is Alonso, for all his years in Formula 1, is still performing yeah. at a really, 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 really high level. Um, so Hamilton will be happy about that because it means he's probably got a few years left in him as well. Yeah. Um, the next one on the list for Hamilton um, is Heike Kovalainen. <laughs> the name that was missing. The name that was missing, um, one race win to Heike's name. Um, he was teammates with Hamilton for, I believe, two Two years, years. yeah. Um, never really did much, Heike Kovalainen. I, I always liked him, but... I did as well. He got that one win, I believe, in Hungary, and I think that was only because Massa retired from the lead in the sort of closing laps. Um, yeah, he was he was a fine driver, but he was never he was never in the championship fights for either of those years. He was at a top team, really, was he? Yeah, exactly. And uh, he, yeah, so obviously, needless to say, he lost both of his years head to head against McLaren, against Hamilton at McLaren. Uh, the next teammate um, is Jensen Button. Um, he arrived at McLaren with one World Drivers' Championship to his name, um, 15 race wins under his belt. And um, his first season against Hamilton, he lost to him, naturally, because you so even though he was coming off the back of a World Championship win in 2009, he, you're still going into a brand new team. And... When the incumbent driver's been there as long as Hamilton had at that point, then it's always going to be difficult, I think, to beat yeah. to beat any driver. Um, you often see it. You often see the new driver. I think more often than not, struggles to beat the the incumbent driver. Um, so yeah, fifteen race wins in his second season there. He actually did beat Hamilton. He was the first the first of Hamilton's Formula One teammates to beat him. Um, Five years into his career, five years into his F1 career. Um, so probably a bit of a shock to Hamilton at that point. Yeah. But, you know, he did have a... I think these years at McLaren, these sort of 2010s, 2011s, 2012s, these are sort of... This is right at the beginning. Well, 2010 was the beginning of the Red Bull dominant era with Sebastian Vettel. Um, and, yeah, there wasn't a lot of... Sort of it didn't seem like at that in those days there was a lot of motivation from Hamilton to to, to that, go out and beat teammates. Those years were sort of the beginning of a slump for McLaren that they've only really started getting out of in the last few seasons, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's Button. Twenty twelve, um, he lasted until and uh, Hamilton beat him in twenty twelve. Um, quite handily, I think he actually beat him in twenty twelve. Yeah, I think in that then, season. Um, on, I mean, I say just on button. Like I think, not on Alonso's level, but looking at this list, another, another very high caliber driver. Like I don't think Button was ever Alonso, Hamilton, Verstappen level, but he was he was up there for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think he, I think he's one of those drivers that had he not won a world championship, he would probably be one of the best drivers to never win a world. Championship. Absolutely. In the same way David Coulthard, I think, is in that bracket as well, and then probably Mark Webber. Yeah. He's 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 in that kind of second tier of drivers, isn't he? That kind of Yeah, um... yeah. Like the the top of the second tier of drivers, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then we move on to Rosberg. So Rosberg gains a world championship whilst up against Lewis Hamilton, um, which is not an easy thing to do. 
Um, that was in 2016. Of course, he famously immediately retired. <laughs> Peaced out that. with the championship. Yeah. Bye, guys. Um, leaving the door open for Valtteri Bottas to come in and do not a lot for um, however many years. But <laughs> let's talk about race wins for Rosberg. He got 23 um, over the course of... I think most of those were over the course of his time at Mercedes. I don't think... I think they had all many. were. Yeah. Yeah, they all were. They must have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, race, plenty of race wins there to add to the tally, um, and a World Drivers Championship. So, you know, Rosberg. What did you? What do you reckon to Rosberg? But good driver, bad driver. At... Where does he? Where does he feature in the ranking of of these teammates? Where does he I feature? so at the time I always thought Rosberg was maybe a little overrated, but. With the benefit of hindsight in kind of the years since he's retired, I do think what he did at that team against Hamilton was incredibly impressive. Um, he's definitely not Alonso tier. Honestly, in terms of how well he performed against Hamilton, I'd probably put him above Button. Um, like, look, look, if you look at like the runs of wins, he put together some really impressive runs of wins against Hamilton. Like, yeah. In, in... And I think he, I would say he fought him harder. Yeah, I would definitely. say in those days he wanted it more than probably Button might have. I think Button probably was very happy to still be in Formula One by the time he joined McLaren because yeah. the final, you know, that 2009 year, it didn't even look like he was going to get that drive. It was looking like they were all going to, you know, Honda in those days were going to disappear. So, yeah, I would say Rosberg definitely put up a much, much tougher fight particularly in that championship year in 2016 yeah. um he also did the old um elbows out you know win at all costs thing that all i was gonna all say I, do. He, he fought him the hardest probably fought him a little bit too hard at times yeah i think so i think there was you know there was a, a bit of, a bit of um brinkmanship and game gamesmanship shall we say yes in the politest possible terms, um, at various points throughout the season, notably, I think Barcelona where they collided. That was yeah. 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. Or um, Austria where he just drove him off the track at uh, turn two. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Um, and then, of course, there was Monaco where he just pulled off the road and yes. got the qualifying session red flag. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they're all at it. They all do it. These guys, um, he's not the first person to pull out such tactics. He certainly won't, certainly won't be the last. Um, so let's move on to Bottas, who now I'm going to be, I'm not going to go so hard on Bottas, Chris, you'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> but I don't think he's, don't think Bottas ever quite had the same. Oh, certainly from the outside, didn't look like he had the same fire in his belly to to go up against Hamilton as what maybe Rosberg did or Alonso. He had, did. he had his moments, but yeah, certainly across a season, he just never really. I, I, ultimately, I just don't don't think he had the raw pace, qualifying pace. He did like the guy never missed a Q three in the five years he was at Mercedes, and like wow, yeah. And he, he out-qualified Hamilton, who is the best statistical qualifier of all time, on multiple occasions. Like, over one lap, he was... Honestly, over one lap, I think Bottas might be the toughest competition that Hamilton's going up against, maybe with the exception of Rosberg. But, yeah, mm. on race pace, he had his day from time to time, but he was never really 
he could never really put up a season-long fight against Hamilton. No. I mean, Hamilton beat him five seasons in a row and it was never really that close, was it? Never really, no. And this is like kind of, you know, it kind of puts him in, for me, it kind of puts him in a similar bracket to what Perez is now for all this talk about how a lot of the Mercedes fights were close. I think in the Rosberg years, I think that's true. But I think in the over the Bottas years, maybe not. I think the similarities to Red Bull's current domination, the way I feel about it right now, like I can see, like I can feel a similar thing for the Mercedes domination years during the Bottas era. Yeah. And if you go back and look at the, you know, when we're talking about this 10 in a row statistic, generally the breaks in Hamilton's runs in those years, a lot of the time it was other teams that broke his runs, not Bottas that did it. Um, Mm. And yeah, I think, I feel like if you put current day Perez in that era of Mercedes and that era Bottas in the current Red Bull, you'd probably end up with similar sets of results i would expect yeah yeah i think so um so yeah bottas managed um 10 wins during his time uh, um, with with hamilton or over the course of his he's, sorry he's had 10 wins over the course of his career yeah um, he's certainly not so won any uh 10 more to add to the tally. no <laughs> um and then finally we're on to russell um russell's got one career race win um, he has beaten Hamilton once. That was last year because, but I think that was a huge a because Hamilton yeah. was doing a lot of a lot of the testing of the car and trying out new parts and trying out weird setups and things to get them attempt to get them out of the hole that they've found themselves in and continue to be in. I think as well. Um, so yeah, there's not an awful lot to add. I think in terms of Russell. Other than he's got a lot of promise, he's um, he he has been good in qualifying. I think over the course of certainly over the course of last year, he's he's coming back at him and qualifying this season as well. It looks like so it'll be interesting to see how that fight develops over the year, and maybe you know maybe we'll look at Russell differently by the end of this season. Yeah, right I think now. He's still a little bit of a work in progress, I think. You know, he's, he's, he's kind of bedded into that team now, but I think, yeah, it's going to take another couple of seasons to really judge where he stacks up. Yeah. So let's move on to Verstappen. Um, Verstappen has had one, two, three, four, five teammates in um, his relatively, comparatively short career <laughs> in Formula One. Having said that, he did start in 2015, nearly yeah. 10 years ago. He's, Which is... you know, he's in his eighth season of Formula One. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. So, his first teammate, Carlos Sainz, one career race win. Amazingly, I don't know how Sainz doesn't have more than one race win, but... Yeah. One career race win. Um, And he lost to his teammate in the first season that he was against Verstappen. Um, The next one is Ricardo. Ricardo has eight race wins. Um, He beat Verstappen... Um, for two of the seasons that they were together, but in 2018, as the team sort of gradually, I think, quite clearly moved towards Verstappen, he um, he decided to move on to a different challenge. I and would say, would you agree, Ricardo? Probably the 
toughest teammate Verstappen's had? Maybe. But what we're going to do is, I think, we'll go through each of these after we yeah. get to the end of this list, and then we'll compare them against all of the other, te- all of the other teams yeah, yeah, we mentioned in the entire thing. So um, I'll, I'll do it as quickly as I can. So Ricardo eight race wins, beats Verstappen on two of the occasions, two of the seasons that he was against him and eventually loses in 2018. Gasly, one race win, um, lost to Verstappen in 2019. Albon, also lost to, be, to Verstappen in 2019 and in 2020. No race wins, no Wills Drivers' Championships, obviously. <laughs> and then Perez, six race wins, um, zero Wills Drivers' Championships, but has lost to Verstappen quite comprehensively. Um, over the course of the last three years. So let's start with Sainz. Is there a driver he is better than on that list of teammates that Lewis Hamilton has? So that was, that was an early Carlos Sainz at that point in 2015. Yes. And I think he was at the point where he was doing enough to show promise that bigger teams were interested in him. Um... I would rank definitely rank him above Kovalainen. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure I rank him above anyone else. That that no. version of Carlos Sainz at that point in time, I don't think so. What about now? Let's 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 say now. Now Carlos Sainz, I'd probably rather have him in my car than Valtteri Bottas. Mm-hmm. Probably on Any a par others? with Button, I would say, looking at that list. Yeah. Certainly behind Alonso and Rosberg. We're not, not going to bother with Kovalainen because he's just, he's clearly... I think he's bottom he's, of the he's, list, he's, yeah. He's bottom of the whole list, I think. Um, which is such a shame because I really liked him. Um, so, Ricardo. I think Ricardo does feature quite highly on this list. I think if, if there's sort of a... If there's a driver that's going to prove Hamilton wrong... I think this is your guy. I think, you know, Ricardo is a very, very good, very, very talented driver who's just had a pretty tough journey through Formula One and yeah. found himself in the wrong place at the wrong time quite a lot. Um, is he better than Alonso? No. I don't think he is, sadly. Is he better than Russell? Jury's out. He's definitely better than Kovalainen. Um, is he better than Button? Probably a bit better than Button, I would say. I think if you put those two head-to-head, I think... Ricardo's coming out on top. I think probably yeah. I think Ricardo exists in that, like we were saying, that sort of second tier of drivers, the the Mark Webbers, the Jensen Buttons, the David Coulthards of the world. I think Ricardo probably exists in that tier for me. Yeah, um, Rosberg. I think Rosberg's beating Ricardo. I think he is. Um, Bottas is Bottas. Who? I think that's a tough fight. Bottas and Ricardo is a really tough one. <sighs> I probably still would put Ricardo ahead, I think, but they are close. Um, and then in terms of Red Bull teammates, other Red Bull teammates, Ricardo, Sainz, that's a, I think that's a tricky one. I would put Sainz and Ricardo very close together. I, I would too. Um, Sainz, uh, sorry, Ricardo and Gasly? You've got to put Ricardo ahead there. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo and Albon, definitely Ricardo. Oh, actually, right now... Yeah, again, it's hard to know what Albon would do in a better car than he's currently in, but... 
He's driving yeah. really, really This season, Albon's driving really, really well. Um, and he actually has a Formula One drive, whereas Ricardo is in recovery mode from his <laughs> yeah. so he doesn't actually have a drive at the moment. Poor um, guy. And then Ricardo v Perez, I think, is also an interesting one. I do think Ricardo is, is better than Perez. I think I do too. Um, I think he's more consistent, for mm. sure. Okay. Uh, the next one, Gasly. So let's compare Gasly to some Hamilton teammates. I don't think Gasly is... Maybe Kovalainen is is better than Gasly. I think the rest of them... I don't think Gasly is as good as... I don't think he's as good as Bottas. No, again, Gasly is another one of those drivers that has flashes of brilliance and then periods of being kind of mediocre. Um long periods of being mediocre. Yeah, I definitely don't think he would be as tough a challenge as Button, Russell, certainly not Rosberg and Alonso. Maybe Bottas, maybe he'd be at a similar level as Bottas, maybe. Maybe. I I, I still don't even, I don't even think he's beating Bottas, you know. Certainly not over one lap. No. Okay, um, Albon against Hamilton's teammates. Albon v Alonso, no. Albon v Kovalainen, yeah. Albon v Button. Probably close. Close. I think that's a draw. Um, <laughs> Albon v Rosberg, no. Rosberg's winning that. Definitely. Versus Bottas, close again. Yeah. Um, and then versus Russell, he's already been beaten by Russell in, in F2. Yeah, and I don't think he's... I think these days it would be close than it was in the F2 days, but I'd probably still just about edge it for Russell. Yeah, I think so. And finally, the big one, Perez. So this is what we're here to talk This is why everyone's listening to this. What, <laughs> how does Perez compare to all of the other drivers on this list? So we'll, we'll go up from the bottom this time. Perez v Albon. Honestly, if Albon was in, still in that Red Bull, I think it would be... I, I might even lean towards Albon, I think. You think so? Possibly. Oh, wow. Helmet Marco must be... <laughs> he's going to come around in kneecap you. He's going to come all the way to... It's rough because you know any driver in that second Red Bull seat is going to go through the ringer. And Albon's already been there and ultimately struggled would mm. Albon now do a better job probably maybe he's not I ahead think, of Perez it's close I think yeah I think Albon is I think he was at Red Bull way 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 too soon I think he needed longer in absolutely I think the fact that they moved him as, as early as they did was we even said it at the time it was it was such a it basically killed his Red Red Bull career. It was putting too, way too much pressure on such a young driver. So yeah, it was just shuffling drivers around and hoping something stuck. It was exactly. so yeah, silly, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and it, and it, you know it messed with people's careers as well. But anyway, um, Perez v Gasly, definitely going Perez there. Yeah, I think I'm going Perez there. Perez v Ricardo. Gaga go Ricardo, I think. I think even though he's Ricardo been out too. for a while. Uh, Perez v. Sainz. 
that's tricky. Yeah, I think I'd rather science. I think especially I think right I would. now. Yeah, I think I, think I, I would think as well. Science is doing more, given the fight that he was able to put up in Monza as well. I know there's, there's there is a bit of recency bias here, maybe, but science is having a great season this year. I think I think him and um, him and Leclerc, uh, they're both looking pretty close actually. For a while, it looked like Signs was had the measure of Leclerc, but I think Leclerc's slowly clawing his way back into it. And yeah, they're looking a bit more competitive now than maybe they were. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to go Science for for that one. Um, Perez v Russell. I think I think I'd just about take Russell. Yeah, I think I'm. Mm, it, yeah, I think I'm taking Russell as well. I think just because just. he's younger. Yeah. Because he's younger and because if, if if you're a team manager and you're choosing your drivers and you've got those two names written in front of you, you're going to probably go for the youth because even if Russell wasn't quite as good as Perez yet, he certainly will be at some point. In he's career. on an upward trajectory still. Big time, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, Perez v Bottas, interesting one. I'm probably going Perez on that one, I think. Do you think so? Stepping out of my Bottas corner for a second, I think yeah. Perez maybe just edges that one. I think it's... Really Again, they're close. close. I, I, I don't know if I can separate them. I think they're a, a tie. I'm going to call Bottas and Perez a tie just because of everything that I said moments ago about how boring the seasons 2017 to 2020 until 2021 were. <laughs> um, Perez, Rosberg? Gotta go Rosberg. Gotta go Rosberg, don't you? Um, Perez, Button? Again, I feel like we've, a lot of these drivers, we've got this kind of Button and Bottas zone and a lot of them are really close to that area. So it's it's sort of, Perez definitely exists in that that zone, I think. Yeah, and then Perez cover line and obviously Perez. Yeah. Perez Alonso, obviously Alonso. Yeah. So, in conclusion, <laughs> I think you you have to say looking at them as a whole, the average let's say the average driver Hamilton's been teammates with versus the average driver Verstappen's been teammates with. You've got to lean more towards Hamilton having the tougher time of things. I think so too, but I think also statistically, I mean the, the numbers speak for themselves. You've got you know just Alonso on his own, thirty-two race wins compared to eight, nine, ten, sixteen race wins total for Verstappen's teammates. Even though you know, obviously Verstappen's had less teammates than Hamilton has, and had less years for those teammates to accrue wins, but still, like, I don't see those statistics for those particular teammates changing all that much over the course of their careers from from now until whenever they retire unless they land themselves in some crazy yeah crazy car that just wipes the floor of everything yeah russell's really the only name on there who's likely to accrue a bunch more wins and championships i think yeah uh, signs maybe could get a bunch more wins actually if he gets if ferrari give him a car that can do it yeah, if Ferrari um, can give them a car, science could. Uh, they're, they're probably the only two on that list who are going to yeah. get. Look, maybe, maybe Ricardo, if he finds himself back in Red Bull and, and can be competitive against Verstappen. Because, you know, that's the other interesting thing here is that Verstappen did lose to Ricardo two years in a row. So he did. It's possible that he could be the the sort of the shining light that comes through <laughs> and, and beats Max Verstappen finally. 
But at the same time, I think Verstappen of when was it like 2016, 2017 was far from the finished article. Like that wasn't the yeah. final form Verstappen we have these days, who is just on another level. Yeah. Um, well, this is it. Like Verstappen at the moment being his teammate must as well, we should say, must be really difficult. Verstappen has not made a mistake for what? Two seasons, two a season, well, a season and a half. Yeah, that and that's honestly more impressive than the ten wins. It's just the metronomic way he just goes out and he's just lap after lap, fast and error free. Like, yeah, how do you nice. beat that? How on earth yeah. do you beat that? Yeah, it must be so nice getting in that car and knowing that a you've got the car to be able to drive that because obviously a lot of it is about the car. I think you need to be able to give a for a driver to be able to perform at that level and not make mistakes, they need a car that is you know, is compliant and and won't lead them into making mistakes and they need to be able to not push so hard that they do make these yeah. mistakes. And that's certainly where he's at at the moment, yeah. The car he's got right now is is so well suited to him and his driving style that he's able to just exploit it to the absolute maximum without even pushing 10 temps. And I think the, the reason you see, say, last season when we saw Leclerc making a lot of mistakes and Sainz making mistakes is because they had a car that in order to get the most out of it, you did have to push it 10 temps to get the absolute maximum. Yeah. And you had to do that over the course of a race in order to be competitive. And Verstappen because of the combination of him in that car and his talent and and the quality of Red Bull as a team, that he just doesn't have to push 10 temps. And that's why you don't see the mistakes, I think. Which is, a you know, it's testament to his skill and the capability of the team for, f- f- and it is a team sport, for them all working together and being able to put a package together that is capable of this level of dominance. And I think if you compare this era of Verstappen to the years of Mercedes dominance Hamilton definitely made more mistakes and had more off weekends across those years than Verstappen is doing I mean yeah. the, Verstappen just isn't having those it's yeah. um yeah an interesting thing um, I looked up as well to do with all of this so in in these sort of Mercedes dominance years they as a team won 10 races in a row twice once was end of 2015 going into the start of 2016 and then they did it again during the 2016 season but for Hamilton to have won 10 in a row in those periods the first time you'd have to give Hamilton four of Rosberg's wins and the second time you'd have to give him seven of Rosberg's wins so I think this argument that Hamilton only missed out on getting this record because a teammate like you know nicked a win off him or like broke his run kind of falls apart a little bit like it's not like he came close and there was just like the odd one or two in the middle like well you could you could say that but i think also at the same time i think on the on the flip side of that i think it does prove how competitive yeah it was between those two teammates as well it kind of works both ways i guess yeah it's an argument that does work both ways i think really it boils down to an argument and it's it feels like it is kind of starting to boil down to an argument of who's the better driver max verstappen or lewis hamilton i don't really want to go down that road because that's just an absolute can of worms for everyone yeah. involved but um that's like open up a can of delitos if you're <laughs> so we won't do that but we'll let you guys do that in the comments um what we will do is we'll move on to some storylines and have a bit of a preview of 
uh, the Singapore Grand Prix. So, storyline number one. How will the new track layout affect things? Will it suit any cars better than the previous layout? Williams, McLaren? Yeah, I mean... So to, to for those for those of you that might have missed this, um, they've gotten rid of the uh, the sequence of corners after turn fourteen. So it's kind of like a right hander, then a left hander, then a left hander, then a right hander. They've turned it into just pretty much a straight from turn fourteen all the way up to turn. I want to say nine. Is that right? It's what it's what was sixteen to nineteen had gone basically. Yeah. Um, it's it's the section where they run across the waterfront and then at the end of it they turn left and go underneath the grandstand it's that whole section is gone because they're doing some kind of um, renovations there yeah I think it's I don't think it'll make that much difference taking that section of track out I think it does it makes the braking zone onto the final straight into a bigger braking zone and potentially an overtaking opportunity um, it'll be obviously cars will be better on the tyres um, because they'll have less corners to go around over the course of a race and less braking to do. Um, I think it makes setup really? more interesting because you're taking away what were essentially four slow 90 degree corners, and that section now becomes the second longest full throttle section on the track. So, yeah, isn't it like definitely, a 400 meter straight, something like that. Yeah, so it definitely is going to make setup more of a compromise like singapore has always been very obviously a high downforce circuit and it still is going to be a high downforce circuit but they're gonna to want to pull back on the downforce as much as they can because there's two or three pretty decent straight sections if you look at that circuit map now yeah that's true um i think in terms of who it might benefit i think ferrari will probably benefit from this because it is gonna make tired egg um, less of a problem and yeah, we all know Ferrari's tyre degradation is shocking <laughs> um, but other than that I guess it's, you, you never really know You know, they've, they've all got so many tools at their disposal I think a lot of this really boils down to how quickly the, the teams adjust to the new layout and get their setup right it's who's going to get their setup right and with that midfield being as tight, tight as it is it's just impossible to, to predict other than Red Bull going well <laughs> yeah who's going to be where in in the in the midfield pack uh, you know you've got a choice of what four or five teams about who, who can do well yeah I mean, even you've even got alpine creeping into the mix at times as well yep. so. <laughs> i mean alpine are just a dice roll it feels like these days um, yeah, well yeah i mean the mclaren doesn't really like slow speed stuff so it probably helps them a little bit um the aston martin does like slow speed stuff so it probably won't help them as much williams are good in a straight line but i don't think this change is going to be enough to offset how bad the williams is likely to be at the entire rest of the circuit yeah um yeah i wouldn't want to be driving the williams this weekend no. um, but yeah we'll we'll see we'll see how this plays out for them um the next one is will any cars be affected by the new technical directive clamping down on flexible fle- flexible bodywork i'll get my words out somehow <laughs> Um, Red Bull and Merck rumoured to be the most affected, but all the teams are saying they're not worried, of course. Because of course they are. <laughs> um, uh, hmm. Interesting one. So this is the thing where they're using, they're essentially using weird like little rubber grommets to hide mechanical systems that allow the, the wings to flex, is, is my gathering of it. That's certainly part of it. And it's also just 
the old thing there's always been a factor which is the teams know how the FIA measure flex so they engineer the flex into areas where the tests won't pick it up so yeah and the teams are also aware that an, an object cannot be infinitely rigid like it's impossible to make yeah. something that does not flex that's just that doesn't exist in physics that like you can't which is do that. Bizarre, because by the letter of the rules, nothing is allowed to flex, which is literally impossible. So it's kind of, there is like tolerances that are allowed and they know these. Um, Yeah, I, to be honest, the the whole flexible bodywork thing has been going on for so, it's it's always been there. As long as there's been aerodynamics in F1, people can try and do this. And I would be surprised if this affects any one or two teams more like significantly more than anyone else. Um, it's. I think some people are trying to say, oh, maybe this is like a, a magic bullet that's going to slow Red Bull down, but it's not like any team is fast because they're exploiting this. Like the Red Bull is just good in every area. So just because they maybe can't flex their front wing as much as they have been, it's not going to slow them down relative yeah, to anybody else. Beam yeah, the beam is, wing is is a, is a factor. I think their beam wing maybe it could you know could, their beam wing is a bit special, so it, it, there could be something there that could maybe slow them down a little bit. And it does feel like a lot of this is aimed at trying to slow Red Bull down. It'd be interesting so. to see if their DRS advantage gets negated a little bit because a lot of that is based around the aerodynamics of not just the rear wing, but yeah, the beam wing and the way the diffuser works and everything. So that'll be something to keep an eye on, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? Again, I mean, hopefully it, it tightens the field up even further and we get random... That would be ideal. Position. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? Um, but I just don't see that happening somehow. Um, shall we make some predictions going into the Singapore Grand Prix? Let's. Okay. We don't have Tom this week, so Tom's going to have to submit his... Remember to... Log yeah, in we'll, we'll give him a reminder. Yeah, I never remember to do mine, so I'm probably like missing about twenty points on that <laughs> because I'm not, that's that's my excuse for not for being where I am. I'm pretty sure um, all your guesses are in there, but we'll we'll give it you for now. Yeah. Um, okay, so who is going to be the fastest in Q3? All season, we've had this earmarked as a race where Red Bull could potentially struggle and slip up. However. I can't go for anyone other than Max Verstappen in all in all seriousness. Fair I think enough. I have um, to. I am going to go for Leclerc for pole. Leclerc is pretty good around here. That's not a bad show, actually. Hmm. Um, who's going to win it? You can go first this time. Uh, it's going to be Verstappen. It's, it is going to be Verstappen. Of course, it's going to be Verstappen. The have you seen the um, the like commemorative. 10 in a row t-shirts that the f1 store have been selling they're going to go out oh. of date extremely quickly i imagine yeah uh any any anything to make a piece of merch what is it mm-hmm. just a piece of picture of pizza or something with maybe maybe no it's like the holding up 10 fingers kind of thing it's a slightly weird message as well we will not get into it yeah let's not um uh. yeah. Not not the best creative usually on the F one. <laughs> uh, first DNF. First DNF. I feel like you get a lot of first lap DNFs at Singapore. Mm, turn two, especially turns of two and three, just seems to funnel the field together. Um, 
let's think going mid to back of the pack maybe someone like maybe a stroll i'm gonna have a lance stroll he's not having a great cruel, time of things cruel man he's not having a great time of things i am going to be even crueler and i'm going to say liam lawson Ooh, that is that is brutal i think it's just it's one of those circuits that if you're not very experienced in formula one which he isn't it's probably the toughest race for this to be your third circuit yeah. <laughs> he's having a rough time with circuits yeah he is uh number of finishers i'm gonna say 17 i think that's a little high i'm gonna go 16 i almost went as low as 15 but that feels silly it, there was a time when like that would be a reasonable prediction, but I think this season is not that time. No. And finally, we need a random driver from you, Chris. Random driver. It had to happen sooner or later. It's Max Verstappen. Oh, dear. He's obviously going to finish first. I'm going to put my money <laughs> where my mouth is. Yeah, I think in, in, in past weeks, I've hedged my bets a little bit, but I think I have to go first this time. You know what? I'm glad it's come up this week, because if there's one race that you could maybe... <laughs> think he might not get i think this this is one of them it's not quite as cut and dry as other circuits for sure but i do yeah. think he probably still is going to do it yeah so imagine if he came up in belgium that'd just be an absolute slam <laughs> okay um that's our predictions for this week you can enter the predictions league by visiting backofthegrid.com and um do even if you've never entered please do feel free to enter because you win a prize if you get five out of five um and yeah that's it for predictions this week. So let's go into the inbox finally and then we'll leave you alone. Um, the first one we've got this week is from a gentleman called Max. Um, he says, hey man, is Helmut Marco now just a liability for Red Bull given he's always saying ludicrous things like what he's just said about Checo? And uh, Wesley says, hey man, do you think Checo's season would be any different if he didn't have one of the bosses making disparaging comments about him all the time? I know drivers are supposed to be able to block out the noise, but when it's personal like that, it's got to be hard. <laughs> so this is obvious. This alludes to the Helmet Marco saying that, I believe he said that Perez wasn't as good because of the part of the world he's from. Essentially, yeah. That, that was the gist of it, which is obviously... Yeah just a bit gross um yeah, sounds like an 80 year old austrian man talking it, yeah it's, it's just dare i say it <laughs> it's i mean it's it's par for the course with him honestly like this isn't the first time he said weird stuff that red i mean god the red bull pr team i hope they're yeah, getting paid the big bucks because man those guys must work really hard <clears throat> i mean like helmet marco's a huge part of that team and like the success like he's so many young drivers that he's moved up like half the grid these days it feels like have been part of the red bull young driver program at one time or another they're obviously going to stand by him however difficult it is to backtrack on some of the things he said i don't think he's he's not really a liability is he like ultimately they just need to release a statement to apologize and backtrack a little bit and then it yeah. all disappears in the news cycle, really. Yeah. Which is not to defend it, the sort of things he says, but it, I mean, I don't. I think it's. I think what he said was completely wrong. I think it's absolutely out of order to say it is to say to say what he said. 
um, I think the way you have to quantify these things for yourself is just remind yourself it's an old man who's probably out of touch with the reality of the modern world. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, it's not going to, yeah. well, it's not going to hurt the team from a image point of view, I don't think. In terms of like Checo's season and the way he likes to, you know, I, th- I think in his head by saying, like publicly having a go at drivers that are struggling, that's like tough love and it's going to toughen them up and make them do better. I don't think in reality that necessarily works. Um, would Checo's season have been any different without that? I'm not sure. Probably not, but... Yeah, I think I think you're right about the tough love thing. I think it's not really bringing anything to the table, saying that saying anything negative to the driver. I think there's tough love and there's there's just being downright rude. And that was what he said there was just yeah, rude. Uh, it's just completely unrelated to yeah. anything to do with Formula One. Um, That's true. It's know, maybe the, it's maybe different for Checo as well because. Your Albons, your Gazlis of the world, they came up through the Red Bull program. They've spent a lot of time with the guy. They know what he's like. They probably, or by the time they get to F1, they know just to sort of let these comments kind of, you know, roll off their back. Checo sort of came into the team having not been part of that program. So maybe he's a little tougher for him to, I'm sure he's never experienced that in any of the other teams he's driven for over the years. Yeah, I think. You know, I think what Helmut, Helmut Marco's real problem is precisely that. I think it's the fact that he's not what Perez isn't one of Helmut Marco's drivers. He wants Helmut Marco wants one of Helmut Marco's drivers yeah. in that seat. Um, so he's going to say disparaging things, and he's going to do everything he can to put pressure on Perez to make him underperform so that he can get one of his own guys in there. That's what this is. Yeah, I think he'd definitely rather have. A, I mean, Ricardo was one of his, a Sonoda. A Lawson, like he'd, I think he'd rather see one of those guys in the seat for sure. Yeah, there you go. Shall we go to the next one? Yeah, last question this week from Tom Murray, who says, "Hey man, the new and improved sector. We'll, we'll see about improved, but the new and improved sector three gives us a relatively long straight with what will be a decent sized braking zone at the end, but there doesn't seem to be any DRS there. Do you think this is a mistake, and do you think the revised layout will improve racing at all? I think it creates an overtaking opportunity. I don't think." <sighs> I don't really want to get... We've done the DRS thing to death a little bit, so I don't want to get too deep into DRS, but I don't think we necessarily need any more DRS zones, especially at a track where Red Bull potentially could be a little bit on the back foot. I think adding an extra DRS zone will just make their life a lot easier. Yeah, so, I mean, given given the changes that have been made in the past, we're recording this on the Tuesday before the race, that still gives them plenty of time to decide to add a DRS zone, and I think it's possible they might. I mean, so they may... of, it's, it's, the logistics of that would be. Diff- I think it'd be difficult for them to do that now. I think the logistics of getting a DRS zone installed and looped into the to the whole system is okay. Let me rephrase. I think there's still time for them to have already put the plans in place and just not told us yet. That's true. Yeah, Which would be on brand for them. Very. On brand. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's an obvious candidate. I don't think it's necessary. Um, I still don't think that's going to be more of an overtaking point than the couple that already exist on the circuit. Um, Do I think the revised layout will improve racing at all? I think it will, honestly. Like, the section they've removed is... It's 
ultimately it's a single file section um and then the corner that went underneath the grandstand was just a place where safety cars were generated so perhaps this layout will have less safety cars because i i I think i'm right in saying there's never been a race at this circuit without a safety car yeah, I so, believe there's a hundred percent chance of safety cars yeah. in this race, which is why it lasts so bloody long. Every yeah, year, it's so, such a long. Actually, race. yeah, this should um, make it a shorter race as well. I think time wise. Yeah, it will be. It'll be. A, it'll be a much much faster lap. It could. This has probably taken maybe four or five seconds off the lap. I would. Say. I imagine they'll be adding a few laps on to make up for the reduced circuit length. But I think yeah, it'll definitely make it a shorter race, which I'm fine with. Yeah, because... yeah, they do it based on lap, sort of. It, I believe it's like the number of it has to be over a certain number of miles. Yeah, they raced in order to call it a Grand Prix. Um, so the exit onto this straight is like a, it's a big braking zone into a more than 90, 90 degree right hander onto a longish straight and then into another big braking zone into a 90 degree right hander. So there is potential for you to if you if you're able to follow someone closely enough through that corner, get a better exit, then get on them into the braking zone. I think it, it's just the type of corner that can, it's just the type of sequence of corners that can generate overtaking, especially in these new Formula 1 cars that can follow each other a little bit better. Yeah, um, it's one of the wider about, sections as well going into that chicane, I think. Yeah, and it's all mechanical grip as well around there. So in these corners, really, like they're, they're fairly slow corners on either side of that straight. So it should be, it should, it could, it could well create a decent number of overtaking opportunities, especially with the field as close as it is. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Any car that struggles on traction out of that turn 14, sort of almost hairpin, are they potentially going to get mugged down there, I think? Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. So Mercedes, watch yeah. out. <laughs> a bit of trouble. Um, and that covers us for this week. Um, somehow managed to do a whole, just about a whole hour. Yeah. Just just be two of us. I thought I was trying to make this a short one, and it's just not me. Um <laughs> Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We recently got uh, we we had mile, hit a nice little milestone of two hundred view two hundred subscribers on YouTube, so we're aiming for the big five hundred now. So if any of you can give us a bung as a subscribe, that'd be really really helpful. Yeah. Um, you can find us on all the social medias. Just search for Back of the Grid. Um, don't forget to visit the website and enter your predictions and thank you very much to all of our patrons who support us and continue to support us every week we're sorry that you couldn't listen to us live this week but next week we'll be back with a vengeance and I think a full quota of presenters should be I will be horrifically jet lagged but I will be there um, oh we should add as well I know a lot of you like to jump in and put your predictions in as soon as you've listened to the podcast um, Tom is currently on business in uh, Philadelphia, so I'm not sure exactly when he'll be able to do it, but we'll get them live and open as soon as possible. Yeah. And that's your lot for this week. So we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thanks everyone. Bye.